This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Happy New Year, everybody! Woo! Woo! Today... That was a very subdued woo. Today, we are ringing in the new year by talking about, I would say, I I feel safe saying this, one of our very favorite foods. Oh, absolutely. Cabbage. Cabbage. We're talking about cabbage. Possibly, I I think for me, the best vegetable. Um, Cabbage is the, the unsung hero of my life. It is. So here, these are, there are two foods that I buy all the time and I feel like are sort of the backbone of like, if I don't know what to make, I will get pork shoulder and cabbage and do something with those things. That is so smart. also. So smart. I feel like I always do this with carrots, but I don't really Mm -hmm. like cooked carrots all that much, but I I wind up doing all kinds of things with them, like making a soup with coconut milk or... Like a carrot salad? uh, I'll do a carrot salad. My host mother had this recipe for um, like carrot coins that she cooked in a skillet with onions that were like almost caramelized. Oh yeah, I'll do carrot coins in a skillet. So this episode is about carrots. Happy New Year. <laughs> this episode is about cabbage. It was suggested by listener Perla. Thank you, listener Perla. And I, when when I got the email from or comment from listener Perla, I was like, come on. Like, she just did, didn't search the archives. Obviously, we did a cabbage episode. No, we didn't. I can't believe this. I mean, yeah. so wait, as of this month, Matthew, we've been doing this show for nine years. Yes. Oh, happy happy birthday to us. Happy as well birthday as to happy us. Happy New Year. Yeah. As well as happy New Year to the Gregorian calendar. Happy New Year, Gr- Gregorian. Greg, which was invented by Greg Orion. <laughs> anyway, Matthew, I hear you have a quiz. I do have a quiz. Uh, what better way to ring in the new year? There's no better way. Than with this quiz, based on the Wikipedia page that I found while researching cabbage, list of Lepidoptera that feed on Brassica. Oh, so, wait, lepido- Lepidoptera is a category of, of insects. It is. It is moths and uh, butterflies. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and caterpillars, obviously. Okay. I hadn't. Oh, wow. That's a good point. I hadn't quite made that connection. So, all right. So I can't promise that all of these actually feed on cabbage, but they feed on something in the in the brassica, brassica family. family. Okay. Which also includes um, kale. Yep. 
Brussels sprouts, kohlrabi, broccoli. Yep. Yep. Cauliflower. Okay. Something else major that we're forgetting, I think. Um, It's a good family. It's, I mean, there's probably some family scandal brewing, but <laughs> like, like in any widely admired family. Mm-hmm. So the way this works is I say a name and you tell me whether it's a real insect that feeds on <laughs> something in the cabbage family or fake. Okay. Okay. Cabbage webworm. That's real. Yes. The nutmeg. <laughs> fake. That's real. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> the prodigy. Oh, uh, that's fake. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's that band. Mm-hmm. Pro- I really liked that album. <laughs> what was the album? Fat of the Land. Fat of the Land. It was so good. <laughs> Purple-backed cabbage worm. That's real. Yep. Purple-headed <laughs> sneezeweed. <laughs> that's fake. Well, it is a real weed, but it's not an insect. <laughs> Wait, purple-headed sneezeweed? Is it's oh, a real plant? Great. Okay. Yes. Alfalfa looper. Uh, that's real. It is real. Yeah. But how do you know that? Uh, I feel like I've heard about okay. it. Leather wolf. That's real. No, it's fake. It's a heavy metal band. Oh, really? Angle Shades. <laughs> that's real. Yes. <laughs> War Pig. Uh, that's that's probably the name of a different album. It's, it's the name of a Black Sabbath song. <laughs> okay. okay. War Pigs. And The Gothic. That's got to be real. It's totally real. Really? Yes. Isn't is that it, amazing? Is it like a super cool moth? It's a super cool black and white moth that seems really moody. Wow. Love a good moody moth. Mm-hmm. And listens listens to a lot of Bauhaus. All right. So okay. uh, so that's how we rung in the new year. Wow. So that was our cabbage episode. Well, let's go down memory lane, shall we? I mean, before the episode ends. So I was thinking about this, and I simply don't have any cabbage-related memories, I don't think. Really? Um, I mean, I did eat cabbage growing up, but I don't remember any specific incidents. I think that the way I most remember eating cabbage and kind of the only way I remember eating cabbage um, as a as a child is that um, my mother would cut it into wedges and steam it, steam mm-hmm. the wedges until they were very soft and then would like let a, a little pat of butter melt on top of it. I like the way you phrased that. She uh, would let the butter, like, she, would, <laughs> she would stare at the butter like don't melt yet. Don't melt. Okay, okay you now can you melt. can melt. No, but um, it was it, steamed cabbage is so sweet. If you really, it is, if yeah. you really get it, you know, you don't want to make it mushy. I didn't even put steamed on my list God, of cooking methods. Cabbage. I think that is the first way I ever cooked cabbage. Like in a steamer. Mm-hmm. In a steamer basket over well, some boiling water. I guess I've had steamed like steamed cabbage that way like as part of a dim sum dish where like the cabbage was used kind of as a as a medium for steaming like like lion's head meatballs. I've never had lion's head meatballs. Oh, lion's head meatballs are good. Like the the head is the is the meatball and the and the main is the cabbage. What how do you work in the the main? Well, it's just kind of like thrown in and steamed with it. Oh, so it's like the hair's all fallen off. Well, I mean, it's it's supposed to be poetic. Oh, well, I know, Matthew. I'm just trying to picture it. Yes, okay. Yeah, I, I'm trying to imagine the context in which we had steamed cabbage because we didn't do like, for as much as both of my parents love corned beef, we didn't do like a, a, a St. Patrick's Day kind of meal mm-hmm. uh, where I could imagine having like a wedge of steamed cabbage along with my other things. Right. So... I think of green cabbage as being like a, a wonderful steamed cabbage. And then, of course, I think that especially growing up in the the era uh, in which salad bars were born. Of course. 
we, you and I probably both have seen a lot of purple cabbage that's kind of dried out on yes. salad bars. Yeah, the dried out purple cabbage looks um, unpromising. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had uh, not not steamed, but like boiled cabbage as part of a corned beef and cabbage. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just throw some cabbage wedges in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is good. I, I do like how it gets kind of soft and slippery. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, and then I think that the next the, the way that um, the next way that I, I started making cabbage as a, a young adult was Molly Stevens's braised green cabbage. Oh, from All About Braising. And it takes forever. It's, it takes like two right. hours or something. You're doing it in like a, a baking dish, like a nine by 13 wedges of green cabbage. And there's onion in there and carrot. And anyway, it's so nice. nice. Um, I remember discovering that and getting really into it. Um, and I yeah, will. My, my, tw- my mid 20s were filled with cabbage cookery. Yeah. I don't know when I started being as much of a cabbage head as I am now. Mm-hmm. That's what we cabbage fans call ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I feel like it was a little later than you. Okay. For, for whatever reason. I think that I, I'm just, I, well, I'm trying to, to imagine why it was that I came to <clears throat> be drawn to, like when, when did All About Braising come out? That Molly Stevens oh, book? Oh, that's that like a good 2005 question. 2005 or something? Something like that. It was a long time ago. And um, I, it's 2005, a long time ago now. I hate that. It is a, well, it, I mean, it is 14, 14 years, years ago. ago. 14 years ago. It's so many years ago. I mean, that's not a long time ago. But anyway, oh, thanks. I remember when that book came out, I started cooking from it a lot. And for some yeah. reason, the, the there are a couple of cabbage recipes that really were the very first things I did. Well, it's one of the most satisfying things to do with cabbage. Like I think so cabbage, I think, needs to be cooked a lot or a little or not at all, but not a, not a medium amount. Hmm. I hadn't thought about that. I guess you're right. Like cabbage, the cabbage that's like, you know, starting to wilt. So it doesn't have any like the fresh crunch. Yeah, aspect, that's no good. But like it, it, there's a mealy stage in there. I yes. feel like. Yes. So can I tell you some cabbage facts yes. that I learned? I want some. I want some facts. So Russia has the highest annual per capita consumption of cabbage at 20, 20 kilograms per person per year. That's 44 pounds. This seems... This seems believable. Believable. Mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, I think of cabbage also as like, yeah, it, I, I think of it in that part of the world. Yes. Well, I think it's a it's a good place to grow it, and it, like it gets you through the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stores uh, well too. Yes, extremely well. Like you can store a cabbage for months. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it said something on the Wikipedia page, like you know, in proper conditions, a head of cabbage can be stored for six months, and in improper conditions, four months. <laughs> Wow. Something like that. Um, Americans Thanks. consume 3.9 kilograms per year. That's 8.6 pounds. I think I consume more. I think I think we are we are like on the the upper end of the yeah. curve. I mean, we're nowhere near the Russians. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Do you maybe, think you do you think you might be up to 44 pounds? No, I don't. No. Okay, just checking. Uh, China is the largest producer of cabbage. It produces 47 percent of the world's total. Oh, that's really. I, interesting. I didn't write down how much the world's total was, but it was in like billions of tons. Wow. Okay. And cabbage is a biennial, which means that it's a plant that takes two years in order to, to flower and then it dies. Ah, okay. Versus a perennial or an annual. Yes. An annual takes one year to flower and then it dies. A perennial keeps, keeps flowering going. every year. Okay. Yeah, like it's an energizer bunny of plants. I love perennials. I'm always picking out the perennials at the oh. nursery. <laughs> 
you're a perennial picker. I'm a perennial picker. So you're the person at the nursery who, who like, uh, you know, can I get some help over here? Is this perennial? <laughs> and no, but really, sometimes I, I, I'm like, why would I buy an annual? Then I'm going to have to buy another plant. Well, why would I do that? I mean, first of all, to support a local business. And well, secondly, because it <laughs> reminds you of like the ephemerality the, of life itself. You're right. Um, I guess if I were just buying, uh, uh, yeah. I think you're. I think you're trying to deny your own mortality with I all am. these perennials. I think I am. <laughs> I mean, join the club. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Matthew. Uh, tell me about some varieties. Okay, so you've got your green cabbage. You've got um, it. That's certainly the most common cabbage in uh, the U.S. North mm-hmm. America, um, and uh, among horticulturalists, it is sometimes called cannonball cabbage. Because okay. you can literally fire it out of a cannon. That's so cool. I don't think you can. Li- I think it would just explode, but it looks like a cannon. It would look really cool. Yes. It, it, would, it would look so cool to shoot cabbage out of a cannon. Yeah. Um, and it might get like nicely charred. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I buy green cabbage. That's that's the cabbage I buy most often. Mm-hmm. Um, and What do you look for in a head of green cabbage? So... I had the realization recently, I'm so glad you asked, that you, I feel like you're always told to buy like uh, tightly heads with tightly wrapped leaves that are dense and heavy. And then recently I was at Safeway and the cabbages they had on sale had a, a, many layers of like loosely wrapped kind of, uh, you know, outfolded, ruffly, dark green leaves. It was delicious. It was better than a tight head of cabbage. So now I don't see that for sale that often. And I don't know. I think it's just it's I don't think it's a different variety. I think it's just like a different like pre-sale prep. Mm -hmm. But I would grab that when you see it. I um, when I around the time that I was really into cooking cabbage, Mm -hmm. I was dating this guy whose parents... um, Were real cabbage heads. His parents, they grew a lot of vegetables. Um, They had like a a couple acres. They lived like in Monroe, near Monroe. Oh, yeah. Anyway, and he would sometimes bring me cabbages that they had grown, but they were... While courting you. While courting me. Um, To to show that he was a provider. these these cabbages were frequently wormy. Like, I think cabbages are prone to getting Mm. wormy. Oh, of course they are, because they're they're infested with the webworm, the prodigy, the alfalfa looper, (laughs) Black Sabbath, and so on. um, And and I remember also some of them would almost get so dense that like it was it was weird it was almost like the the leaves were sort of growing together or they were like too dense it was weird yeah to the point where like if you want to if you want to cook it in like a, a saute you have to like reach in and like break apart the layers yes. with your hands have you encountered that too I have encountered that too and I'm not a fan I wonder if this is something you encounter more often in like uh you know like um farmer's market cabbage or things like this that are that are like varieties that haven't been selected for like easy mass commodity yes but i have i have run into it in in like mass market like industrial strength Cabbage. cabbage also okay okay fair enough okay next on the list of varieties savoy cabbage i don't like it i don't get it 
Do you buy it? Can you explain it to me? Okay, there's one recipe again from Molly Stevens, okay. all about braising. Uh, it's braised Savoy cabbage, and she has you take some sort of cheese, um, and and you. Oh, I, I just I haven't it, been putting cheese on it. You put That's, it on top of it, but anyway, Savoy wait, cabbage. Wait, put the cheese on top of the cabbage, or the cabbage on top of the cheese. You put the cheese on top of the cabbage, um, but it's very it's very pungent. You're using a pungent cheese, and the finished dish is also very pungent. Okay, it's not the and, flavor of Savoy cabbage that really? I have any problem with. It's the fact that. So if Savoy cabbage is like the wrinkly one, mm-hmm. and I feel like it always stays wrinkly and and like leathery, yeah. even if I cook it for a long time. Well, it doesn't have the same crunch. It's kind of like the way that that kale sort of stays leathery, like like dinosaur yeah. kale. I think it's just a whole different thing. But frankly, like there was a period of time when I would buy Savoy cabbage a lot and would use it in like that Molly Stevens recipe or I would sort of shred it and use it like in like a Vietnamese like boon type like rice bowl. I mean, a rice noodle bowl. But I haven't bought it in a long time because, yeah, I just don't like it as much as other cabbages that have that great crunch, like that kind of icebergy, watery crunch. Yeah, well, I mean, it may not be as good as those other cabbages, but it is three times the price. Yes, it's so. got that going for it. This episode is brought to you by Anilon Cookware. No matter what you're doing in the kitchen, whether you got friends over, whether you got family, whether you're cooking for yourself, Anilon Cookware is the stuff that's going to make it easy and fun. And not just cookware. They've got bakeware, cast iron, stoneware, cutlery, tools, gadgets. Torches. Torches. Culinary they for torches. for sure have culinary torches for, for when a riot breaks out. They sent uh, both both uh, me and Matthew a couple of their products. I think we each got the 10-inch the uh, nonstick skillet yep. that has copper on the outside. Yes, yes it's very it heats handsome. very evenly. Heats so evenly. And and what I really want to say about this is that so often, so I always have one nonstick pan in the house, usually for, for making scrambled eggs. And usually nonstick pans are really lightweight and just they feel like they're going to be dented and banged up and you're going to be throwing it out in, yeah. in six months. Not this stuff. No, this is heavy. This is good, thick, like a heavy bottomed pan. And my eggs slip right out of it. I mean, only when I want them to. Exactly. They don't just go sliding out <laughs> no, into no. the wall of the kitchen. But they slip right out like slippery things do. Exactly. And, and it's easy to clean. Yes. And it comes with a lifetime warranty. What is not to love? So shop Anilon's cookware sets, bakeware, pasta makers, culinary torches, Ooh. all at Macy's. Anilon, designed for creativity in the kitchen. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. Third Love is the most comfortable, most durable bra brand that we know of. Yeah. And we and we have done a lot of research. Matthew especially. And they design their bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and an incredible feel. Yep, they've got Molly, these... tell them about it. Oh, ah, take it away, Molly. So these straps, they don't slip. They've got tagless labels. So, uh, so you know, you've never got this like weird itchy stuff along your back. You are going to want to wear these soft, breathable bras and underwear. They've got really, really yes. good looking undies mm-hmm. now. You're going to want to wear them every day. But what if I order one and it doesn't fit? Am I just stuck with it? Matthew, fear not, because returns and exchanges are free and easy. Would you say it's a 100% fit guarantee? Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone, and they make it. And so they are offering you 15% off your first order. To get that offer, go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk now to find your perfect fitting bra. And that's 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk for 15% off today.
Welcome back to Spilled Milk. If you're just joining us now, we're talking cabbage with Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> Hi, I'm a big cabbage fan. Um, some I hear some cabbage fans call themselves cabbage heads. I'm the number one fan of cabbage. Really? I'm the number one fan of the man from Tennessee. What's that? Do you remember that song? No. Um, oh. Uh. Who's the man from Tennessee? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> uh, I, I've got this. I've got this. Doesn't it seem like I've got this? So another variety is purple cabbage. I love purple cabbage. Me too. <laughs> oh, please come to Boston by Dave Loggins. Is I've never heard of Dave Loggins. Is he related to Kenny? I don't know. This is some song that's too cool for me to know. Absolutely not. <laughs> but what does th- what does that mean? I don't- <laughs> also, what if you can't turn it off? Uh, anyway, what? that's what I meant. Okay, I've never heard that song you before. You haven't? No. Oh my gosh. I So I grew up with my mom listening to, you know, in the late 80s and or the, the late 70s and early 80s, my mom would listen to whatever, you know, was like the, the station playing current music on the radio. Like what would now be easy listening? That was once current music. <laughs> that was once current wow. music. And so I grew up with all these things like, it, like, in my head and they're still there that's riding but, around in my mom's honda hatchback listening that is, to that that is such a weird and like christopher cross yeah christopher cross i'm familiar with yeah um, peter satara oh yeah absolutely i'm, I'm into it but i've never heard <laughs> dave Loggins. dave Loggins. <laughs> i think you i think you somehow i think i'm being punked somehow no, except no. that that was the least punk song i've ever heard in my life no anyway i'm a big fan of cabbage and the man from tennessee okay so let's talk about purple cabbage because the number yes. one thing that I make with purple cabbage is a recipe from your book, A Homemade Life. Mm, and this recipe belongs to Brandon, actually. You have written on the agenda. It's Molly's salad. No, no. This is Brandon's salad. Oh, you didn't get it in the settlement? No. <laughs> um, it wasn't written into our, our divorce decree. Tell me about this salad. Uh, so Brandon is so Brandon has always been great at making like off the cuff salads, and he once, uh, gosh, at some point after we moved in together, he took like half a head of purple cabbage we had from something else, mm-hmm. and he sliced it really thinly, and he dressed it with olive oil, lemon juice, I think a tiny bit of raw garlic, like the yep. tiniest bit. Um, salt and then a lot of Parmesan, a lot of Parmesan on it so that you can really like, as you toss it, like the Parmesan, the shredded Parmesan is worked through it. Yeah. It's so good. It's so delicious. Um, I think it's actually something that he had made up when he was like, you know, living by himself in New York and just him and a head of cabbage, just him and a head of cabbage anyway. So delicious. And I wrote about it in my first book, a homemade life. Uh, you know, you can throw it together in the blink of an eye. And, and I do. Uh, anyway, I, it's my favorite thing to do with purple cabbage, too. Me, too. It's a winner. However, um, purple cabbage roasts really nice. We're going to go through cooking <gasps> methods in a minute. Purple cabbage roasts so nicely. Yes. You slice it really thinly. Yeah, and uh, like it, it blackens really nicely around the edges. I, I love those crispy blackened edges. I learned about this from, um, f- from one-time guest of the show, Julia Tertian. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I have also roasted green cabbage, but mm-hmm. I have to say it's just not quite as delicious. 
It's purple not cabbage for some reason, like but meatier. I do I do like roasted green cabbage also, and I do do that pretty often because like I'll buy a head of cabbage and you know for like two dollars, and it's a lot of food. Yes, like a head of cabbage weighs like three pounds and goes a long way. But there's something so incredibly wonderful about opening up the crisper drawer and finding that you have half a head of Absolutely. cabbage there. You're like, oh, I could roast it. I could make salad. Um, oh. Another thing I used to do a lot in my my early days of explorations with cabbage mm-hmm. uh, is I would make Back braised. When you were living with Dave Loggins. Braised red cabbage with yeah. like grated apples, little apple cider vinegar, honey. Oh my gosh, I, I feel like love I've had braised this recipe or something very similar to it. I think we might have. Did we do it? Maybe did we, we not do an episode about this? Maybe we did a cabbage episode already and it just didn't come up on a Google search. Maybe. That's fine. Anyway, but um, but yeah, braised, red, We've learned so much cabbage, since, whatever. since then. We have. Anyway, I haven't made braised cabbage in forever, but that was something that I would make many times a winter. And it would be one of those things that would kind of go happily with... Any sort of like thrown together lunch I might make for myself, yeah. like cheese toast and and some like microwaved leftover braised cabbage. So good. Yeah. We got more cabbage varieties to get through. I'm sorry. We got to move okay. this along. Okay. Taiwanese cabbage. This is my new favorite. And can you, I mean, do they ever have this at your mainstream grocery store? I have only ever gotten it at an Asian grocery store or the farmer's market. Okay. But it's like, it's got uh, thin, shiny leaves and the whole thing is sort of uh, like, f- like spheroid, like flattened, like someone mm-hmm. sat on a, a, a sphere of cabbage, mm-hmm. a head of cabbage. Um, and so you get a lot of it. It keeps well, and it's just so. Is that, is that what you served us yes. today? Okay. It's sweet. It's crunchy. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't have any of those bits where everything gets like too cramped together. Like mm-hmm. the format is really good. It's just an all-around versatile, terrific, talk, delicious cabbage. Talk about the the recipe you made today with okay. it. So um, I call this salty cabbage because. I, it was my recreation of a dish that we got at a restaurant in Vancouver, B.C. called Zakushi, mm-hmm. which is a yakitori grilled chicken restaurant. And uh, we ordered this just because it was on, like, the special menu, and it said salty cabbage. We're like, that's funny. Let's order it. And it came, and we were like, this is so good. Like, we cannot stop eating this. And it is just, like, kind of roughly cut Taiwanese cabbage. Yeah, like chopped almost. And you could certainly use green cabbage. Like like checkerboard size squares of of chopped cabbage. You could play checkers with it. You could. Um, And then with a dressing that consists of soy sauce, mirin, sugar, sesame oil, MSG, sesame seeds, and a little bit of grated raw garlic. Okay. Have you ever... So when I was eating this just a second ago, Mm -hmm. I, I... I didn't know that it was Taiwanese cabbage until you showed me this recipe. I thought that we were just eating, you know, um, conventional green cabbage. And I think I tried that the first time, and it was good. It just wasn't the same well, as what I remember from the restaurant. Now that you mention it, it seems like the individual leaves of the Taiwanese cabbage are a little bit thinner and more pliant. They are. And so it makes for this really... They have really, less of kind of that squeak of yes, raw cabbage. It makes for this really nice texture in, in this raw preparation with this dressing on it because it, it's it's got more bulk and heft than lettuce. Yeah. But at the same time, you're not like chewing into eternity through these squeaky leaves that you would be doing with regular green cabbage. I think, um, could you put down chewing into eternity as a possible <laughs> title of our cookbook? Okay, yeah. It's Molly and Matthew's chewiest recipes. <laughs> <laughs> this cookbook is all about texture. Surely there are cookbooks that exist out there like that. 
I mean, maybe a couple. <laughs> maybe like a one about how to make homemade gummies. Probably. Okay, I really want more Taiwanese cabbage in my too. life. I, I think it needs to go like it needs a breakout moment and maybe this is it i need to you know what i'm gonna try uh so uh, up in the part of town where i live i'm i'm in this weird no man's land where there are not a lot of there are no men what where there are not it's great (laughs) at least not in my household (laughs) uh no there are not a lot of asian groceries yeah um however central market yes which is a pretty great grocery store and has a, a much better um like a section of Asian foods and condiments yes. and things like that than my usual store. Uh, they might have it, and they're pretty close to me. And if they don't, ask the produce manager because okay. he might be able to. They might be able to get it. Cool. Okay. Awesome. I said he, but this is a no man's land. This is a no man's land. They. Okay. Let's just say they. And then, then we're being inclusive. Yes. Napa cabbage. That's the last cabbage variety I put on the list. Okay. Um, I know. I know. Everyone was excited for more and more cabbage varieties. <laughs> that we're going to have to rein it in here. Um, do you do you buy and use Napa cabbage? So I like it. I have only ever used Napa cabbage in raw preparations. Mm-hmm. It's usually uh, it's it's commonly used in kimchi. Yes. Right. I have never made my own kimchi, but I've certainly eaten plenty of Napa cabbage kimchi. And then I've also used it, and again um, shredded it really really thin, and used it in various like rice noodles. Yeah. Type things. It's oh, a wonderful yeah, it's texture really for, for that. that. It's a great texture. Um, yeah, I, I like it raw. I also like it uh, stir fried, mm-hmm. sauteed. I also make like a, a Japanese style pickle with it, like uh, like heavily salted and pressed. Mm. And for, do you use your just Japanese for, like, pickle press? I do use my Japanese pickle press mm-hmm. and like fermented just for like two or three days. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, okay. Cooking so, methods. Cooking methods. So so we talked about, we started to talk about raw as like a salad or a condiment. I mean, kimchi. We started raw. to talk about raw, the Eddie Murphy album. Yes. Uh, so there's there's the salty cabbage a la zakushi. Mm-hmm. Did I say that? Zakushi? No. Zakushi. You said it right the first time. Okay. Don't overthink it. Okay. And then, um, of course, tacos, like shredded yes. cabbage and tacos. Shredded cabbage as a condiment for tacos. I think, I feel like. how do you, When do you reach for shredded cabbage as opposed to shredded iceberg? So... For for like an American style like hard shell taco seasoning packet taco, I want iceberg with that. Okay, but for like a carnitas taco where it's really gonna like you know uh, you want the the condiment the vegetable condiment to really like cut through like kind of a a braised Mm -hmm. uh, yielding fatty pork Mm -hmm. or other filling. Mm -hmm. I think cabbage works really well for that. I guess I mean I guess the the easiest way of saying it is you you would use iceberg with Tex Mex. Yeah. And, yeah, and cabbage, exactly. cabbage with, with Mex Yep. What about tonkatsu? Like when you and I went to Maisen, uh-huh. right? In is, Tokyo. It, is it my, is it Maisen? Yep. Is that, okay. And we had tonkatsu with, um, is it tonkatsu? Tonkatsu. tonkatsu. Yep. With, uh, with rice and I Miso poured soy soup. sauce on my rice. And, and, you don't have to tell, you I, don't have to I, admit this. Like, and, and I embarrassed myself, but it was delicious. Uh, anyway, there was like a pile of uh, of gorgeous gr- cabbage would that have been taiwanese um green no probably green cabbage okay um although i feel like the the cabbage you get in japan is like a little a little more like crispy and yes. lighter colored yes and also i think they probably like tinge. um uh dip it like give it a dip in some like ice water uh-huh. um and and then drain it really well yeah and uh, so it's it's a great condiment to go. Tonkatsu is is a Japanese fried pork cutlet. So mm-hmm. it's it's sort of serving the same 
function as as for like the carnitas taco but when you go to this restaurant or many other tonkatsu restaurants in japan there is a waiter who will come around with like a bucket of cabbage and mm-hmm. offer you more cabbage at uh, you know, no charge i remember oh that was so great uh coleslaw of Another course there's common, coleslaw. common use of this raw we cabbage. did do episode 130 of spilled milk your favorite podcast <laughs> is on coleslaw. Okay, good to know. What about stir-fried cabbage? I stir-fry cabbage all the time. I don't. So, I would say the closest thing I do is this recipe that Brandon um, used to throw together often for like a like an easy weekend lunch for us. He would take shredded cabbage. And he, I guess he did stir fry it. He would cook it in <laughs> hot oil in a wok. Well, but you're talking about someone else stir frying. <laughs> cook it in hot oil in a wok and just add. That is, that is in fact, stir fry. Just fried. add soy sauce and sambal olek. Mm-hmm. And then we would put a fried egg on top. And it was very simple, nothing fancy. Now I would probably add a little bit of sesame oil to it. Yeah. Um, so, eh, so good. So here's. So, uh, I have two things that I that I typically do when I stir fry cabbage. Um, if it's going to be like just a, a vegetable side or a vegetable dish, I will do um, kind of squares of of green cabbage um, that have been like well separated, so there's no like big clumps stuck together. Um, get the oil really hot. Um, stir fry them so they get a little a little uh, charred, mm-hmm. and then um, hit them with some soy sauce, rice wine. And a little bit of rice vinegar, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then drizzle a little sesame oil. Uh, mm-hmm. A little ginger is good too. Mm-hmm. But I want what I really want in that is like the flavor of burnt soy sauce. So I want the soy ah. sauce to kind of evaporate, and uh, I don't want it, I don't want visible sauce in the final dish. I okay. just want all the flavor clinging to the cabbage. Ooh. I love this dish. Okay, cool. So easy. Do you think you could write up a little recipe of that to put on the old website? I think I could put that on the old website. Okay, or, or even the current website. Um. You know, Matthew, I notice, so we have not worked our way down the list of no, cooking I, I methods only, that you've made. I've only been made. through one but, of my stir fries. Oh, then go through another one. Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> uh, the other thing I do is, and I will make this for dinner once a week, um, is stir fried chicken thighs with uh, with cabbage, usually okay. green cabbage. So I will uh, cut some chicken thighs into cubes, stir fry those, take them out of the wok, add the cabbage, and uh, when the cabbage is cooked, add the chicken back in and uh, add the sauce that I've cooked up. Which is what? Um, it varies depending on what I'm in the mood for, but it'll have some combination. Combination. Of soy sauce, rice wine, uh, rice vinegar, uh, chili paste of some kind, uh, sesame oil, hoisin sauce, oyster sauce, not all of those things at once, but some combination. Nice. That sounds fantastic. Uh, are you done? I'm your done. Stir- okay. Wait. No, I'm done. So there's one thing before we get on with the rest of the cooking methods you've listed here. You didn't mention like stuffed cabbage. So using cabbage leaves as a container to to fold delicious things into. Mm -hmm. Or just a container to keep odds and ends and and notions. Absolutely, notions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I keep all my sewing notions in cabbage leaves. The only thing I've ever made that I've never made a a real stuffed cabbage. Mm -hmm. Have you? 
Um, I have made a stuffed cabbage recipe, a couple of different ones. Okay. Uh, you know, with like a, a sort of tomatoy sauce. Yeah, where where you like blanch the cabbage leaves yes. and then okay, and yeah. then rolled up with a meat filling, little treasures in them. Um, it makes me really feel like I'm I'm channeling my my Polish grandmother. Oh yeah, or it's something. like your your roots are showing. My roots are showing. I have also done. Maybe I haven't made this, but I've eaten. Um, and there must be a name for this, but like dolmas. Like stuffed grape leaves, the filling for yeah. that, but in cabbage. Oh, sure. I've often had that. And remind me what the filling in that is. Um, it, it, it sometimes has meat, sometimes mm-hmm. doesn't, but rice, uh, yeah. olive oil, lemon, I think, onion. Okay. Yeah. So when you when you said um, stuffed cabbage, I have made, and haven't made it in way too long, um, a dish that is clearly stuffed cabbage inspired but simplified. It is a Tamison Day-Lewis mm. recipe. I don't remember which book it's from, but it's like, it's it's the one where where the premise of the book is like Tamison's hanging out at her country home with her with Daniel and with Daniel and, and <laughs> just the two of them. <laughs> no, and like you're invited to. Um, oh my god, it's my dream. <laughs> it's my um, dream. And it is like a pie kind of where you layer or casserole, I guess, where you layer uh, so- layers of sausage with layers of cabbage, and that's basically it for the ingredients. So you make like six layers of this or whatever, sort of like a lasagna. Do you have this recipe kicking around somewhere? Is it on your shelf? I don't think it's on my shelf, but I will see if I can dig it up. Okay, because this sounds so up my alley. And then you alley. bake it for like three hours oh, in a covered dish, God. and it just all melts together, but you can still like cut it and does, serve a square the, of it. Does it's the crazy almost good. get like glassy? Yeah. Oh, God, that's so beautiful. But I it love doesn't that. have the texture of glass. Right. I understand. But like where it gets so translucent. Yes, yes. it does. Oh, so good. So that sounds amazing. Please find that. Yeah. I mean, literally, I think this dish literally has two ingredients, maybe salt. Uh, one other thing that I don't see on the, on the list here is, uh, gosh, this apparently, this episode, I, I, I'm hereby dedicating it to Molly Stevens. Okay. I took her concept for making cream braised Brussels sprouts. Oh yeah. And I adapted it to use wedges of green cabbage. So basically you you brown wedges of green cabbage in in I can't remember butter and olive oil in a skillet and then you add cream and you put a lid on it, let it ride for a bit until the cabbage gets really tender and then you finish it with a little bit of lemon juice. Oh yeah. And so it is this really sweet, incredibly tender wedge of cabbage. With this like r- rich coating of oil. Oh, that tender wedge. Oh, I love a tender wedge. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, it's so good. You it's, know, it's in my first book too. Okay. Um, so what, where do, where can people get that book? Uh, it's called Homemade Life. It's available where books are sold. Mm-hmm. Th- th- you just reminded me of something that I didn't put on the list that I made this week, which was, do you ever kind of use cabbage as a pasta sauce? In the sense, um, so like here's, this is like a pasta type of pasta approach that I will do pretty often where like I will cook some bacon or sausage or sometimes no meat um, and then leave the fat in the pan and add some, uh, some chopped cabbage and brown it a little, Mm. add some stock and, and cook it down till it's real soft uh, and then throw the meat back in and then, and then uh, the pasta Oh, gosh, that sounds fantastic. And lots of olive oil, of course. There is some sort of Eastern European dish. I think it shows up in in multiple different 
different cuisines that is like egg noodles with long cooked cabbage and onions. Oh, that sounds as, good. As yeah. a, a sauce, like buttery egg noodles and cabbage and onions. And yeah. It kind of reminds me of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's not very different from what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh my gosh. I thought um, I invented that. I feel like this is the episode in which we are we're turning into Lynn Rosetto Casper. Like there's a lot of ooing and aahing and, and sharing of like actual tips. And calling random people and asking them what's in their fridge. Yes, exactly. And going around Italy collecting recipes. Mm-hmm. Okay, pickled cabbage. We will. We should do a whole kimchi episode. I can't believe we have it. I know. We should do a whole sauerkraut episode maybe yes, too. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, I already talked about the Japanese style Napa cabbage pickle that I make. Uh, I think I've mentioned Salvadoran curtido before. It is the like the cabbage relish that comes with pupusas. Delicious, mm. spicy, tangy. I don't, I don't think I've heard crunchy. you mention that. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that is that sounds amazing. And of course, cabbage has a du- in a dumpling filling. <sighs> what can't cabbage do? Yeah, and you can you can do like four of these things with a single head of cabbage. I feel like we are we're building to something here, Matthew. We Uh-oh. are building to a grand declaration about cabbage. Like there's going to be like, like an, an explosion. Cabbage is is going to save us all. I mean, I think probably that's going to be that's true. Actually, what's left? Well, I think about like in once again, this is an episode in which I'm going to reference Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Do you oh, no. remember Willy Wonka? Let's just say I do. And his mom and Grandpa George and Grandma Georgina and when Grandpa Joe and Grandma Josephine. Uh, they are eating cabbage water for dinner. That doesn't sound great. And Charlie brings home a loaf of bread that he's bought with his first money that he's earned delivering the paper. Is it a sugar loaf? Is he going to set it on fire? <laughs> that, Matthew, that was, that was the week. mold wine episode. Anyway, so yeah, there's so many things we can do with cabbage. And and people, I think, have, have lived on cabbage for a very long time. I don't think we've even scratched the surface. I don't I mean, think I don't we, think we have haven't either. really talked about cabbage soups. We, oh, gosh, I mean, we could just go on. We haven't even talked about Cole Cannon. Doesn't it sometimes get Right, although we mixed. did, we talked about Cole Cannon and maybe even ate it on our Irish Spring episode, which was like, which episode, was like episode five seven or, or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, again, I always feel weird telling people to go back and listen to an old episode that probably That's isn't terrible. good, but, um, but I think we talked about cabbage, so how bad could it be? This episode is filled with knowledge. It really, it's like a stuffed cabbage. It's like, it's like, this is actually an episode about food. I mean, we don't, we don't always have those anymore. Sometimes there are episodes in which we just talk about making out. Or, or time capsules or, or making time out capsules. in a time capsule. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you kids get out of that time capsule. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Analon. Analon offers a wide selection of gourmet kitchenware. These things are durable. They perform with style. And they come with a lifetime warranty. You know what I like about them? I like how the handle feels in my hand. It's smooth. It's contoured. It's contoured the way my hand is contoured. Yeah. I have contoured hands. Yeah. Shop Amalon's cookware sets, baking tools, pasta makers, and those culinary torches we're so excited about, all at Macy's. Amalon, designed for creativity in the kitchen. You can find us online at uh, SpilledMilkPodcast.com and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SpilledMilkPodcast. Uh, let us know what what ca- cabbage preparations did we forget because it's a lot of them. It's a lot of them. Yeah, I, I'm sure that there are uh, thousands. The, the thing about cabbage out. is even though it has good flavor, it it's a canvas for whatever you want to throw at it. Like mm-hmm. there's no there's no cuisine where cabbage doesn't work well I don't, that comes to mind. 
I, I see yeah. you've taken this no, as a challenge. No, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but I think you're right. I mean, it, it, because you can, you can cook it. I guess it doesn't show up it. as much like in, in, in like tropical, like, like Polynesian food, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, but would it be bad if you threw some in? No, Probably not. I don't think so. Uh, please leave us a review on uh, whatever podcasting platform you enjoy us on. I mean, particularly if you enjoy us. And uh, let's see here. Did we already ask them to tell us things on Facebook? Yes, we did. Okay. <laughs> Cabbage recipes, specifically. Uh, and and come to SpilledMilkPodcast.com, our website, where we'll post some recipes yeah. from today's show. Cabbage recipes, even. Mm-hmm. And until next time, our producer is Abby Circatella. I mean, she, Only she, until next time. <laughs> she she Abby, is we, we out got, of we here. We got some bad news for you. <laughs> um, uh, no, no, we have, we have good news. Which is that we love producer Abby. Yes. <laughs> That's the good news. What's the bad news? <laughs> the bad news is we are being shot out of a cannon, like a cannonball cabbage. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, look at that. It is. It's Happy New Year. Yep. Um, it's currently January 3rd. <laughs> Let's start over. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.